Church, developing a culture of loving Christ and serving others. Listen, one of the greatest things that we have been told at our church, and I love hearing this, is that, man, when I came here, I knew this was a church for me because everybody was so kind and friendly and generous and just gave me a hug, and I just felt like I was part of something that welcomed me. And I love that, and that is necessary, and this does not happen from the stage, it happens with you. So I want to say thank you for taking that personal challenge to, to greet every single person as if they're a family member, right? And we love people when they come in here, so thank you for that. But there is a change, and there is a shift that, that I think that is happening here, that it's important to be a friendly church, but it's also important to have friends at church. There is just a little bit of a difference there. You can be friendly without having friends. You can come to a friendly church week after week after week and be welcomed and be embraced and, and you're feeling great and not have your best friend at church. Now, now, some of us, it might take years for us to have our very best friends at church, and that's okay. That's part of this, right? Is that we begin to develop in a culture of strong-rooted friendships in the Lord, how many of you have experienced going to work and it seems to be draining because your conversations just aren't centered around God? And you yourself, you're light into that dark world and it seems like that dark world is just always in your ears and it's penetrating your mind and your heart and the, the words that are being spoken, the jokes that are being told, the influences there, it just seems to rob you and drain you. And you, you need a place to come back and so Sunday mornings is a... Um, is, is a, a place to launch your week. So this is an important place for us to come together and say, hey, we want to develop friendships. The only way to do that is through um, stepping out of our comfort zone, stepping out of the norm, and, and finding a place to connect and call your, uh, a place where you can find and develop and culture friendships. The reason why friendships is so important is because you can't have discipleship without relationship you can't have you can't reach the mission of god the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations without having a relationship with people if it's just preaching and then leaving that's just evangelism god said i want you to be teachers i want you to be preachers i want you to be evangelists and i want all of this to be done in the process of discipleship and discipleship is based upon relationships so today is all about to challenge to encourage, to spell out the importance of the church's mission. The church is not this building. It's not the seat. It's not the stage. It's not the slides. It's not even the worship. Or it's not even just hearing the word of God. It's not just that. It's you. It's the song that God puts in your heart. It's the word that God places in your heart. It's the dance that God puts in your feet. It's your influence, your leadership, and what you have to bring into that dark place. And a lot of us need help and encouragement. I would say all of us need that in our lives. And in this church, there is a, there is a, mission, there is a mission field that you're in. We have the incredible, awesome, wonderful opportunity to be missionaries into this community. The five-city radius in this church or this community desperately needs Christ represented. 
And guess who represents Christ? It's not the ceiling that holds up steel panels. It's you and I into this community. It's the friendships, it's the relationships that you have out there to come in here and be encouraged and strengthened with each other. The blessing of this and the challenge of this is that we have missionaries that are in the foreign lands who do not face an opposition like we do. Like we do. And I'm not talking about we're being persecuted, we're going to be put to death or anything like that. What I'm saying is that there's a culture here that we are having to bring light into in a very complex way that won't happen through the bullhorn style preaching. It's going to happen through your voice, the church, and through a friendship, through a connection, and you need a, to be able to influence the world. You've got to have an influence of Christ and others to be able to build the body of Christ up so that we can accomplish the mission that God has already set in place for you to do. You live here. It's not by accident. You're in this church. It's not by accident. God has a mission. It's not by accident. And you have a purpose and a design for every single person that you talk to inside this church and outside this church. Inside this church is to be challenged and equipped. Outside that church is to go and be that influence. And you can, and it is the strength and the power of this church is through the relationships. How many know what this is? A ball. Some of my fitness gurus, Keith. Yeah. Uh, this is an exercise ball. Not the most manly thing there is to do when you're at the gym. You know, we like to go and, and bench press 300 pounds. I wish I could, but I can't. So I stick to the exercise ball. I'll tell you what happened. This last Monday was Memorial Day. And uh, my brother-in-law, Joe, and I, we took up the challenge to go to a CrossFit gym. How many cro CrossFit friends are in here? You're all so smart. <laughs> it will kill you. So we, I, I don't, I've done CrossFit one time there. Um, Scott Theofold, he, I know he's a cro CrossFit guy. Um, and uh, went, went there to the gym, and we did this honor f uh, uh, workout uh, to honor the, the soldiers who have lost their lives in battle, and this was called the Murph. Murph is the short name for Murphy, who was a Navy SEAL soldier who was killed in combat, and he did this exercise routine, um, and, and uh, it was, it's a mile run, and then you come back and you do 100 pull-ups, you do 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and then you run a mile. And this was his workout routine, and so the CrossFit gyms all across the nation have adopted this on Memorial Weekend to say, hey, a lot of people have, have suffered, and uh, we're going to uh, take, take this moment to suffer with them. You're not going to die. It might feel like it, but, you know, we're going to think about these brave soldiers who have done this and, and given their life for us, and we're going we're gonna to just do this exercise together in honor of Murph. So I did that with my brother-in-law, Joe. It was a killer it was, I have not worked out since four months. I hurt, I worked, I hurt my back. I mean, I pulled muscles was, uh, four months ago. I'm just barely on the recoup side of that. My back feels great. And so my first workout is to go do the Murph. Okay, if you know what it's like when you go to the gym, you take a week off, you already feel like it was worthless the last year of working out. It just like went away. All your muscles are like gone. So this was four months. So in that time frame, it, it was like everything's gone. It's like starting over. And I did this workout, and it was painful. It was grueling. I finished it, and it was great. I had a goal of doing it under an hour. I did it at 59 minutes, no lie. So I was feeling pretty jazzed about that. 
And then it was a couple days later, right? Those of you guys know what that's like. The, it's not really the day you're, you're, you're hurting. It's two days later, right? And you're walking like this, and your arms can't be, you know, you can't straighten them. And it was painful. And you know what I did? I leaned over, and I don't remember what it was. It was like a sock or something. I leaned over, and oh, I pinched my back. Just a little nerve right there, and I've been on muscle relaxers, and I've been on ibuprofen, and I've been massaging hot and cold, and it's been loosening up, and it's still a little bit of twinge there, but uh, thank God that, that he's taking care of it, and, and it's doing good now. But the reason why I hurt my back, the reason why I hurt my back was because my body was not prepared for the workout that I just did. The work that I did was too much for my core, the abs, the lower back. How many of you know that the core is so important for the strength and the stability of all your body? If you have a weak back, it doesn't matter how strong your legs are. It doesn't matter how much you squat. You're going to hurt yourself. If you have a, a, abs, you're not going to be able to stabilize the, the bench press or the bar when you're working out. And you're going to hurt yourself. How important are the smaller muscles of the body to stabilize everything else? That's what we're talking about today. The reason why these are set up today is because it helps us strengthen our church, the core. And the core of this church is relationships, always has, always will be. But as we continue to grow and gain influence, we need to be thinking smaller so we can continue to be healthy. It doesn't matter if this church is 10,000 strong, strong and we don't have a strong core and we don't have discipleship that is happening in our church. It means nothing. The mission is always discipleship. That's relationship. That is broken down in a smaller context. This is not just a program, I'm telling you. We don't do programs. This is not just some sort of curriculum. This is not some sort of strategy. This is relationships. And in relationships, as long as it's about Christ, you will be stronger. The church will gain traction in the area of discipleship. You will be built and you will be able to be an influencer. Right now, there's growth track happening in the second circle right now, and people are learning about what does it mean to be a leader in our church? What does our church mean? What's the vision? They're learning about relationships right now. They're learning about how Jesus valued relationships. He changed the world with 12 people. There's a lot more than 12 people in here. You see what I'm saying? And in that 12, that small group, he dialed it back to three, Peter, James, and John. And in that three, there was one. His name was John. And so if we're going to make an impact into not only your life, but the lives of others and take on this mission of the church, we've got to be thinking about strengthening the core. And as we, our influence is growing, we have to be more uh, uh, determined about the mission that is in front of us. And all of these things are just a tool. If I use this and I, I say, okay, I'm going to get stronger, I'm going to get fit, I, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be in shape, and I'm not going to hurt myself anymore. I'm going to set this, this ball right there, and I'm going to be around it, I'm going to walk around it, I'm going to look at it and not use it and expect to be stronger. I'm fooling myself. The church is just a tool. This church building is just a tool. 
The chair that you're sitting in is just a tool for discipleship. And discipleship is happening right now. Let me just make sure we're clear. This is a part of discipleship. You got out of bed this morning to make a connection with God. You got out this, this morning because you want to experience God. You want God to speak to you. And you want to be strengthened with other believers. That's what happens on Sunday morning. This is a part of discipleship, but it's not the totality of it. And this is a tool. And when we come together and we say, okay, I'm going to watch, I'm going to observe, and I'm going to be strengthened by that, and you expect to be strengthened and, and God to be moving in you and taking you to a new place, but you don't utilize the tool, we're missing out. But if I get on, and, and Katie was worried that this was going to pop last time that I used this, but if you get on, and all of a sudden I begin to lean my body weight on this. You, you hear where I'm going? Some of us need to lean upon each other and the tools that the church, that God has already ordained in discipleship, in relationship, in ministry, and so that we can relay, uh, lean on it and rely upon each other. And when we do, the more I lean back on this, the stronger my core gets. Those muscles, the obliques, the lower back begin to get stronger. And I can do some exercises. I can twist. I can move and flexibility. And the longer I hold this position, the stronger I get. And it's a little painful because you're in small groups and discussions begin to happen that really penetrate the heart. And you begin to have questions like, if God was a loving God, why is there such a thing as hell? If God loves every single person, why would he ever send somebody to hell? And if you're only wrestling with this question and it's only by yourself and you don't have somebody else to dive into God's word and say, let's look at this for a moment. It's probably the most number one question that's asked. If God is a good God, then why do bad things happen? And then you have somebody that's in your, in your life that says, listen, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. And when we talk about perish, we're talking about everlasting life. We're talking about a spiritual soul, right? It's not talking about physical and so you begin to say, God is so loving that he sent his son so that nobody has to die spiritually and rescues us from the grip of hell. But if we're doing it by ourselves, if we're doing this by ourselves, we are not going to be strengthened. We're not going to be uh, uh, built up in our core. We're not going to have the stability in our Christian life if we're trying to do it alone. Discipleship cannot happen by yourself. See, one of the biggest misconceptions is that, that we believe that Jesus said in the last commandment, I want you to go and be my disciple. He said, I want you to go and make disciples. And I wonder if there's a, just a transition, and I'm thankful for the church, and I'm thankful that God is moving in the churches in America. You know what's happening? Church religions as a whole is depleting, right? I mean, churches are closing everywhere. But I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. Here's why. Because those people who just come to church just to do it are the ones who don't think it's important, but the people who are sticking with it are the ones who value the relationship and the challenge of being a mission, missionary in this place into your home into your family into the people that you know so the church itself is getting stronger because we are having to understand what it means to be strong in the core and the core of the gospel is always discipleship and americans always think bigger 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 right bigger the better jesus taught the opposite go smaller 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 better 
12 is all he needed. Three was great. And number one, just having one-on-one connection was the best. So when we say small groups, hey, praise God, we had 30 people in our small group. Are we missing something here? What if it was, praise God, I had one person in my connect group, and it was fantastic. I'll tell you, every single time there was one person that showed up, God showed up in a dynamic way every time. Discipleship is about relationships. The core of the church is about relationships and discipleship. The power and the move of God in you. Let me just speak something into you. You have something to give. You have something to offer. You have something to say. I don't care if you rose your hand last week and said, Jesus, I'm ready to follow you. If you said that last week, guess what? You have a goal and a mission to bring someone else into a place that you now enjoy. Even if you don't know anything about the Bible, but you have just experienced God, no, I know this, that God has set me free, his forgiveness is real in my life, and there is no more burden in my life, and I'm thankful for the grace of of Jesus Christ. And that's what you know, and you preach that, guess what, that's exactly the message that people need to hear. Do not believe in the lie that you need to go to Bible school, stand up on the stage, become a full-time missionary, or be a pastor to be in the process of of discipleship making. We are all in that same boat to make disciples. The challenge is how, when, what. And this, these are tools for us to take today and say, hey, I'm ready to step out of my comfort zone. I'm ready to eliminate some of the busyness in my life. Something's got to give. It's going to be a little bit difficult because I have to find a babysitter for my daughter. I'm going to have to step out somewhere. I'm going to have to stop doing something so that I can thrive spiritually. So I can fulfill the greatest call in my life. And that's to be the church that God wants me to be. And this is not something that we say it has to be this difficult, this complicated. No. God just says... If you love me, I want you to share your love that you have with me and my love with you to somebody else. Discipleship, you want to break it down to the meaning is this, is this, creating learners for Christ. In your conversation, in the way you act and react, in the story that you have to tell, the pain that you have experienced or are experiencing and are uh, pursuing God in that, whatever God is doing in you, you just become a vessel for him, and you just share openly, honesty, and you just say, God, I don't know. And somebody has a question for you, and you say, I don't know. But what I do know is that God's promises are true in my life. I haven't seen all of them come to fulfillment yet, but I'm trusting in him. If that's your answer, praise God. There are so many things to talk about. I haven't even gone over my notes, and that's okay. Um, I won't go through my notes, but I will highlight some scripture verses. In 1 Corinthians 12, and I love this, it's very popular, it talks about the body. And just as a body, though one has many parts, but it, it's many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. The body of Christ, that's you and I, made up of different personalities and different giftings, and different influences, and different past experiences, and different story. Every single person has a different story of what Christ means to them personally in their lives. What they've been rescued from, what they've been delivered from, and what, what they are uh, gaining and learning from Christ at this moment. And for we all baptized by one spirit, 
so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles. It's talking about those who have been religious and have know, know the Torah, know the old, old, old Testament laws, who have that memorized, and those Gentiles who don't know anything about God. And they come together for one purpose, and that's to honor God and to know God and have the relationship with God, with God and they form one body, slave or free. And we're all given the one spirit to drink. That's the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus. He says, I will give you a, a water that will never cause you to thirst again. That's the spring of living water that just bubbles up and produces a joy, produces an endurance, produces fruit in you, and causes you to continue to chase after God. It produces conviction in our lives. It molds us. It shapes us. And so we just become uh, 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 more uh, uh, wanting of Him in our lives. And even so, the body is not made up of one part but many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong part of the body, it would not, be, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eyeball, right, he's, he's kind of just driving this point of here, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? He's just totally blowing this up out of proportion. He said, it's as ridiculous as this to say that everybody has to conform to one way of what God is leading you to be. We don't form into just one dynamic which the gifts of the Holy Spirit bring to us. Some of us have the gift of hospitality. Yes, that's a gift from God. Some of us have the gift of serving. Some of us have the gift of prophecy and the gift of tongues some of us have the gift of evangelism some of us have the gift of prophecy some of us have the gifts of compassion and prayer and faith but if we were only to just pick one of those out and say everybody has to conform to that gift we're missing out on the diversity of the body and we are more effective when we celebrate the diverse gifts that God imparts in all of us and they all receive honor because they're all from one spirit and when we get to operate in these different gifts, we begin to move and, and operate in a fluid motion. And if the leg is chopped off and we say, that cannot operate here, we are stumbling along. And this is where the ministry of relationships come in, where we get to talk about this and encourage the gift of prayer and faith. And I thank God for the faith that we have in this church. I thank God for the men's group who pray for this church and pray for you and lift them up in the spirit and pray and Bible teach. I'm thankful for the women that pray and teach on Thursday morning. They are a God-given gift. I feel your prayers. This church needs the prayers and the diversity of this. I feel the love that comes through our serving community events where people have come and, and said, I want to be a part of that church. No lie. That the, the Jackson's in baseball, and the coach is somebody uh, who has come to a movie to the park, and, and his wife said, hey, is your, came to Katie, says, is your husband a pastor? And they don't look familiar to us at all. Sometimes that happens, and terrible but she said you know uh yes he is in fact and she said you know what we came to the movies at the park and we we don't go to church it's not something we've ever done but when my husband and i brought our kids here and we knew that you're a church we said to each other we have to be a part of that and so they they, they they came to church a few times and they they identify our church as their church 
because this is the only church experience that they have had because you have loved them at a movie at the park. It's just a tool to say, hey, I want to share the love of Christ with you. Discipleship happens in many different platforms. That's why there's so much to be a part of. You've got the young adults who need discipleship, and that's going to look like a lot of fun, right? They're going to have a lot of fun together, and they're going to do some cool events. I was telling somebody, I can't remember who it was, they, uh, Laurel, who uh, was saying, hey, we should create a group that's young enough adults, you know? I feel young enough. Maybe I'm not young, but I feel young enough. And there's uh, the ladies' uh, Bible study, or there's, the, you know, the, the ladies in lattes. Man, that's fantastic. They're coming on over there and, and ministering to one another through conversation. There's the, uh, the I say ladies and babies, but I always forget what it is. The play group. That's a hard one to remember for some reason. I just can't get ladies and babies out of my head. I don't know why. <laughs> Fellowship happens. Connection happens when we're with each other, Right? It's an important, valuable role. And we cannot miss this. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a person sharpens another. This is an ongoing process that we need to be sharpened. The Word of God is sharp, right? And it penetrates to the heart, and it divides. Have you ever experienced the moment where it just doesn't make that impact anymore, and God's Word becomes dull? Can we just be honest and transparent where it's like, okay, to say, you know, I'm just reading God's word and it just doesn't seem to be impacting me. I'm reading the words, but it just seems to be a blank page in my heart. And your desire is there and you're even praying before and you're going through those motions and it just seems like it's not penetrating as it did before and the passion and the love and the zeal has just been a white blank page for a while and you're almost feeling like, is God even there? At that moment, you need to be sharpened. And the only way that you can be sharpened is when someone else walks alongside you and says, hey, God has something, can speak into your life or can just identify with your hurt and your pain like Job and his friends who sat with him for a week and just sat there and said nothing. Maybe that's the part of discipleship that you need. It's just a comfort of somebody else. Maybe it is an in-depth question that you need answered. Maybe it is just a prayer moment. Maybe it is that they lay hands on you and pray for God's Spirit to just overfill you and to renew your soul. Maybe it's a refreshing uh, sense of God's love just pouring on you while you rest in the presence of friends who love God. Because let's face it, you can be with your friends from work, and they're great, and they're fun to hang around with, but you don't feel that oversensing and overwhelming love of God from them. And that's a missing tool in your life. Jesus did a lot of ministry to the masses, to the thousands. He ministered to 5,000 men. That's they, refer, they, they, they say it's right around 15,000, 15 to 20,000 people that they fed. With five loaves and, and some fish. And twelve men handed these baskets out. Just twelve. So you're talking about the Delta Center or the Energy Solutions Arena. That holds 20,000 people. Twelve men. They have everybody sit down. They instruct everybody what to do. And they begin to hand these baskets out. And they're in ministry. And they begin to minister to thousands and thousands. But they always came back. Right? Right? 
to a place of communion, to the place of relationship with one another, the place where Jesus would speak to Peter and say, I know your heart is right, but you're not thinking correctly. The sons of thunder who were wanting the position in heaven, Jesus said, you don't even know what you're asking for. So confusing questions that they were coming to Jesus with, they were with the inner circle, with the people there, the disciples, the friendships, the disciples that were with Jesus, they were able to have open communication, conviction, instruction, teaching, encouragement, and then it was ministry to the masses. Can I tell you, that's the church's mission. It's not that the masses come to us, it's that we go to them. And the only way that we can be effective with that we're full of the Holy Spirit and power, is that we rely upon one another and we strengthen the core of this church. No, I'm talking about Northview right now. I'm not talking about the big church. I'm talking about this church, us. Because I believe in this next phase of this church, God has something amazing. I sense it in my spirit. I sense it in my soul. I sense it in my conversation. I sense it when I look at you. I sense it when I'm hearing stories. I sense it when I'm, when I'm, I'm hearing the stories of miracles, of provision, answers to prayer, visions. Today, I'm thankful for what God is doing. He's birthing inside of us. I need these stories to be shared so that we can encourage one another, spur each other on. I love our board meetings because we come together. The first thing we do, we talk about the wins that God is providing our lives. And then... It, Sherry and the Gosses family, God is just doing some amazing things. And we are so excited to hear what God is doing. And we support her through prayer and excitement. And it encourages us and it sharpens us and strengthens us. We need this in our church. We need the comfort from one another. 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. And I'm going to wrap up real soon, like right now, after the scripture verse. And we're going to put this into action. We're ending early so that you can have time to go and just check these out, okay? You don't have to sign up if you don't want to, but we're encouraging you that this is going to be a place that's going to benefit you. This is just for us to strengthen the core of the church. It'll be this week and next week. And if you don't sign up, that's not the right time, we do want you to just kind of hang out, and maybe you can invite somebody to coffee or do something like that, okay? Let me end with this scripture verse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us all in our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. If we speak the name of Jesus and we believe in the power of Jesus Christ, there's a comfort that comes just from professing that. He's given you a comfort so that you can share what you've learned in that time of trouble and pain and the comfort that you can give to someone else. In just resting and saying, God, I need your comfort. I'm in terrible misery. Jesus, speak comfort. And there's many of us in here who are right there right now. And God is speaking to you, and he's saying, I know you, and I know your pain, I know your hurt, and you're not going to get the answer right now, but I'm going to give you my peace. Have you been there? You don't have all the answers, but God gives you a resounding peace of his presence, and that's the power of the gospel. The good news is that God is with you. Be strong and be courageous. Do not be terrified or dis dismayed, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I love that in Joshua. 
It is a promise for now and for the future, for them and for us, for today and for tomorrow. Amen? Can we stand together as we take a stand in our faith, take a stand in our community, take a stand in where we're at in this season, and just honor God with the posture of standing before Him and just saying, God, we are going to look to you for strengthening us and our relationships, and we are going to, we are going to pursue this mission field. Your family, your friends, your influence. Together, you're not in this alone. Father, we thank you for the relationship that we get to have with you. God, we, we can come to you with anything in our lives. For every care, God, we could put upon you, God, because you care for us. We thank you for hearing the smallest detail and wanting to hear that from us. doesn't matter how small it is, God, you care about it. And God, it doesn't matter how big it is, it's not too big for you. We thank you for the power that we get to receive through your Holy Spirit that infuses your name into us. Now, we get to operate out of not the natural, but the supernatural. It's your spirit, not our spirit. Not our words, but your words. And not our thoughts, but your, your thoughts. Give us the mind of Christ. Jesus, change the way we think. Change the way that we live life. Give us the challenge today and tomorrow to step out of our comfort zone to pursue you in a new way. God bless our church. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on Northview Church, please visit northviewutah.com.